Good afternoon. I'm Carmina Constantino. Dateline Philippines begins right now. Hey, thanks for joining us. And for those of you watching us on YouTube and on Facebook, glad you could join us today. We begin in Washington, where U.S. senators voted on the constitutionality of the second impeachment trial of former President Donald Trump. Our North America Bureau Chief, T.J. Manotok, joins us now with details. T.J. Good afternoon, Carmina. Well, about after four hours of presenting their case with regards to the question of constitutionality of the impeachment trial of former President Donald Trump, the Senate has voted, and with a majority of 56 to 44, the trial will proceed. Today was the formal start of the second impeachment trial of President Donald J. Trump, historic as well as it is the first time that a former president will be impeached in the, in the Senate. Before the House impeach managers and Trump's defense team could get to the merits of the case of inciting an insurrection, the defense tried to throw out the case altogether by challenging its constitutionality. House managers presented a well-crafted mini-documentary of mesh videos as it intertwined the timeline of events from Trump's speech on January 9, the march and attack of his violent mob of domestic terrorists, and the developments inside the Capitol as lawmakers and then-Vice President Mike Pence were certifying the vote to declare Joe Biden the winner of the 2020 elections. They cited some of the nation's most prominent conservative legal scholars who have said it is constitutional to impeach and try an official even after they've left office. The lead House impeachment manager, Congressman Jamie Raskin, even got emotional as he recalled the nightmare of January 6th when he and many of his colleagues thought they would die. To sum it up, House impeachment managers insisted that it is constitutional and necessary to hold the president accountable for his impeachable acts, even if it's done in his final days in office. When it was a turn for the defense to attempt to prove that trying a former president was unconstitutional, Trump's defense lawyers were seen by critics as incoherent and ill-prepared. Attorney Castor argued Democrats just want to convict Trump only because they fear he'll run again in 2024. Toward the end of his speech, he conceded, we changed what we were going to do on account that we thought that the House manager's presentation was well done. Castor's main argument is that the electoral system worked and Democrats got what they wanted to remove Trump from office as he lost the election to Joe Biden. With this trial, you will open up new and bigger wounds across the nation for a great many Americans see this process for exactly what it is, a chance by a group of partisan politicians seeking to eliminate Donald Trump from the American political scene and seeking to disenfranchise 74 million-plus American voters and those who dare to share their political beliefs and vision of America. The Senate proceed with the Do you ask what a high crime and misdemeanor is under our Constitution? That's a high crime and misdemeanor. If that's not an impeachable offense, then there is no such thing. Casey, the trial will resume tomorrow at 12 noon Eastern Standard Time, and uh, the House managers and the defense are both given 16 hours each to present their case. Everybody expects this whole thing to wrap up by Sunday, wherein they could be forcing a vote already, and most likely, uh, I mean, you know, analysts are saying that an acquittal will be looming again for Donald Trump because the numbers just aren't there for now for the Democratic side. Casey? T.J. Manotok joining us from San Francisco. Take care, T.J. Thanks for joining us today.
Right back here in the newsroom, over now to Myanmar. Police clash with protesters in the most violent day of demonstrations against last week's military coup. Three people are now being treated for wounds from suspected rebel bullets after police fired guns and used a water cannon to clear protesters in the capital. State television also reported injuries among the police. The incidents mark the first bloodshed since the overthrow of Aung San Suu Kyi's newly elected government. The military claims her party won by fraud, an accusation dismissed by Myanmar's election committee and Western governments. We are uh, making no bones about where we stand um, when it comes to the military's uh, need to relinquish power. Uh, as you've also heard us say, um, we are undertaking a careful review of um, uh, the uh, assistance that we provide to Burma um, and uh, with an eye towards um, ensuring um, that those responsible for this coup do face uh, significant consequences. The United Nations, meanwhile, has called on Myanmar's security forces to respect the people's right to protest peacefully. Bats and not a lab leak remain the likely source of the virus that triggered the pandemic. That's according to the head of the World Health Organization-led team investigating the origins of the disease. While the team uncovered new information during their recent visit to the Chinese city of Wuhan, the new data will not dramatically change their stand on what set off the outbreak. The possible pass from whatever original animal species all the way through uh, the Huanan market could have taken a very long and convoluted path involving also uh, um, movements across borders, uh, travels, etc., before arriving in the Huanan uh, market. The WHO's team identified vendors selling frozen animal products in the market where the outbreak first emerged. Investigators are also looking for Chinese blood samples that could indicate that the virus had been circulating earlier than first thought. We know that the virus can persist and survive on conditions, in conditions uh, that are found in these uh, cold and frozen environments. But we don't really understand if the virus can uh, then transmit to human and under which conditions. The manner by which the government will roll out the COVID-19 vaccines will be sectoral rather than geographic. That's according to Health Secretary, make that Undersecretary, Maria Rosario Vergere, who admits the 117,000 Pfizer doses set to arrive in the country in mid-February. Well, that won't be enough to vaccinate all healthcare workers in Metro Manila. She says the health department created sub-prioritization categories to make sure the most vulnerable healthcare workers get inoculated first. For example, within a sector like the healthcare workers right now, and we do not have enough doses for us to complete all of the healthcare workers in the country, we will then sub-prioritize. The next uh, sub-prioritization criterion would be the geographic burden, meaning the number of cases uh, and uh, also uh, the utilization of the healthcare system. 
On Tuesday, the DOH stimulated, uh, make that simulated the transfer of the COVID-19 vaccines from the Ninoy Aquino International Airport in Pasay City to the Research Institute for Tropical Medicine, or RITM. They unloaded off a mock shipment of 117,000 empty vials to simulate the onboarding of the actual Pfizer vaccines. AirAsia seeks government approval to transport COVID-19 vaccines. The airline recently applied to be a dangerous goods carrier and is now in the process of getting authorization from the Civil Aviation Authority of the Philippines to participate in the rollout of vaccines in far-flung provinces. AirAsia says it can also assist in distribution via its logistic arm teleport. The company guarantees its personnel have undergone technical training to properly handle temperature-sensitive vaccines. Aside from AirAsia, local carriers Philippine Airlines and Cebu Pacific have also expressed interest in helping the government transport the vaccines. Vaccines purchased by Valenzuela City are due to arrive this July to December. Mayor Rex Gatchalian says the local government brought, make that bought 640,000 doses from AstraZeneca. He adds they are targeting to vaccinate 71% of the adult population in the city or over 300,000 residents. In crafting our local plan, there were pointers given to us by the national government as to the triage of who goes first, who goes next, uh, as to the uh, cold storage requirements, um, transport, uh, uh, vaccination site standards, the flow inside the vaccination site center. So everything was given to us ahead of time. These are general pointers. We had to craft our own local plan that will fit our terrain. And then we presented it to them when they came to visit. The Supreme Court junks the petition of two ETA tribe members to intervene in the petitions, challenging the constitutionality of the anti-terrorism law. The two ETAs, Japer Gurung and Junior Ramos, claim they were tortured and falsely accused of terrorism. They filed a petition in intervention alleging direct injury at the hands of law enforcers. That petition, however, was denied due to what the Supreme Court said were factual issues that should be handled by a trial court. Solicitor General Jose Calida earlier claimed the two ETAs executed an affidavit admitting they were forced to sign the petition in exchange for a thousand pesos. But the former lawyers of the ETAs denied this. Inquirer reporter Tetch Torres Stupas reveals she is now being cyberbullied even after Lieutenant General Antonio Parlade apologized for threatening to sue her for her report on the ETAs. In a statement to ABS-CBN News, Torres Tupas said netizens have been calling her names because of Parlade's Facebook post. She adds she was only doing her job like any other reporter, basing what she writes on court documents. The journalist also said if she were in Parlade's shoes, she would apologize and take responsibility for her actions. Parlade called her a propagandist and hinted at possible legal action for reporting about the two tortured ethos. U.S. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin reaffirms America's commitment to its alliance with the Philippines during an introductory phone call with Manila's National Defense Secretary Delphine Lorenzana. Austin highlighted the importance of both the 1951 Mutual Defense Treaty and the Visiting Forces Agreement. The two secretaries also affirmed the importance of upholding international rules and norms in the South China Sea. This includes the 2016 arbitral ruling, which invalidated China's sweeping claims over the waterway. 
The Senate Committee on Public Services recommends the suspension of private motor vehicle inspection centers, or PMVICs. Senator Ralph Recto says the PMVIC is not based on any law. He notes the inspection centers can earn billions annually if all private vehicles in the country are mandated to undergo testing. Dahil 138 lang, walang competition. Tapos mandato pa yung preso. Eh dapat kung nasa pribado yan, dapat marami at mayroong competition para bumaba ang preso. Correct, correct. For committee chair Senator Grace Poe, aside from the higher fees that are an additional burden to motorists, the move to privatize vehicle inspections failed to go through the proper bidding process. She is also concerned about possible conflict of interest. It does not make yeah. sense because even when we had this uh, Aero City for San Miguel in the airport, we had to ensure that the government was going to get its money back. Yeah. With the NSLEX uh, connector road, uh, public bidding was conducted, the Mactan Airport. All of these public-private partnerships had gone through a grueling process of screening. Whereas this one, all of a sudden, they allow the 23, because right now it's only 23 uh, centers to operate, with mm -hmm. not one regulation in place for any DOTR contract it says that um, any member of the DOTR or their families to a certain degree uh, is not allowed to participate. Suspiciously, or well, in this, in this um, private motor vehicle inspection mm -hmm. center agreement, they took that provision out. Really? And all they did was, set, uh, was put that those in the accrediting committee may not participate. The Philippine government sets the wholesale price for pork products to ensure that retailers will be able to comply with a price ceiling. Wholesalers can sell pork for up to 235 pesos per kilo. Philippine Agriculture Secretary William Dawes says the price level ensures that meat vendors will be able to earn some profit. President Duterte earlier signed an executive order imposing a price ceiling of up to 300 pesos on pork sold in Metro Manila. The Philippine government is also importing meat products and sourcing from the Visayas and Mindanao to augment the diminished supply and to help stabilize prices. South Korea's jobless rate soared to a 21-year high in January as curbs to contain a third wave of COVID cases struck businesses. The seasonally adjusted unemployment rate jumped to 5.4 percent, its highest level since the aftermath of the Asian financial crisis. The number of people employed also declined by 982,000 from a year earlier, the fastest pace since 1998. A breakdown of the data showed workers at retailers, accommodation facilities and restaurants were the hardest hit. South Korea has been trying to clamp down on the number of coronavirus infections by imposing strict social distancing measures, including a ban on indoor dining at restaurants and cafes after 9 in the evening. In sports, the Miami Heat swept, at, or swept a home-and-home home series with the New York Knicks. And just like any Heat-Knicks game, this was a grinded-out encounter with the Heat eventually getting the victory in 98-96. Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo led Miami's comeback in the second half. Butler had a team-high 26 points, while Adebayo had 19. Miami won for just the 10th time in 24 games. New York saw its record slip to 11-5. and 
15. In Detroit, the Pistons handed the undermanned Brooklyn Nets their third straight defeat. Jeremy Grant tied his career high with 32 points as the Pistons won over the Nets 122 to 111. Brooklyn fell behind by as much as 20 points in the second quarter and couldn't mount a comeback. The Nets were without all-star forward Kevin Durant, who is still under coronavirus protocols. And that'll do it for today. Thank you for joining us. I'm Carmina Constantino. If you want to revisit today's episode, Dateline Philippines podcast is on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Play back this newscast too on ANC's YouTube channel and on ANC 24-7 on Facebook. Keep safe. Keep it here on ANC.